Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome, welcome to week 14 of the fantasy football season. This is the final week for you to make sure you get into your fantasy playoffs. So that's what we're here to do. I'm Jen Piacenti. Eddie Murphy is here with me at that Eddie Murphy on Twitter. And we're going to talk about last week. We're going to talk about this week. And uh, we're going to get ready to go to the fantasy football playoffs. Eddie, how are your teams looking as far as the fantasy football playoffs? Uh, one league, I am, I'm, uh, I still need to win this game to hopefully get a shot at the playoffs. It's a tough league. My um, one league with my friends, just a, a lot of bad injuries, a lot of uh, picks that were strange. So I, I started doing the opposite. A couple of weeks back, we talked about this. Is it kosher? for you to trade away some of your better players to get picks next year. If you know your league, obviously the the caveat being, you know, you'll have the same members in the league and no one leaves and stuff like that. So I I did that. I got a first round pick for trading Alvin Kamara. So um, all is not lost for me because I'm happy. Alvin Kamara has been, uh, we can talk about this too. I mean, that's obviously a good trade for you. Yeah, it's very good. I'm very, very happy. So while it seems like it's a, a oh, why is he doing a fantasy podcast if one of his teams will make the playoffs? Well, look, I host a fantasy podcast with you because I'm smart enough to make a good GM move, unlike uh, Mr. John Robinson and Titans, who was fired. And I go and get a, a very, very good first round pick for Alvin Kamara. So I'm happy. But uh, yeah, still fighting for plays in some league. It's going to be a very, very fun to fin- uh, race to the finish here. And I'm excited that we get to move into the playoff mode because if everyone knows who lives, and follows Extra Points Network last year in the playoffs where we made our, our big bucks and helped a lot of people out with those teams we created. So I'm very, very excited. I'm excited too. And I'm glad that we have, we are able to figure out a way to play fantasy basically all season long. I mean, if you are a fan of the Extra Points Podcast Network, you know we're all degenerates. Uh, we find ways to bet on everything and anything. And uh, actually stay tuned on that because there's some exciting things that'll be happening in the near future that we hope to announce on the podcast soon and ways that maybe you might even be able to be involved with us in our degenerate behavior. Big time. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited about that, but that's just a teaser. So be sure you tune in all week to all the Extra Points podcast uh, shows because it might get dropped at any moment. Um, My fantasy football team's. I have a few that are definitely not going to the playoffs this year. Um, There's this was, I will say the toughest fantasy football season I've ever played. I would agree. Totally. It's just, I mean, you look at like the top running backs, for instance, and it's like Josh Jacobs and, you know, Saquon Bark, Tony Pollard is top 10 and all the others are great. I mean, it's Dalvin cook has not been that great. I mean, it's just been, really tough. It's been a tough year. I do think that next year, one of the things we're going to have to look into is how we approach the draft. Was this an anomaly? Was this because so many quarterbacks changed teams and there were lots of new offensive schemes and new coaching systems that we didn't know how to predict? Or is it that just the league is changing and this is such a path happy league, in which case I think we may also need to consider changing our scoring system because getting a point for every single catch that used to make sense when running backs were so valuable, but now it's it's creating the opposite effect. 
That's that's such a great point, Jen. The league really has changed where you we were used to this uh, league where you would have a running back, a bell cow would have, you know, 30 touches a game. Right. And, that's all. and then so when you got a, a, a receiver with a few receptions, you're like, well, they should be rewarded for that. So let's switch it. Made sense at the time. Like you just said, the league is totally flipped on its head. And now it's more of a passing league. But what also made this this year uh, in fantasy so difficult, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it is a passing league. Yet the usual suspects at quarterback that we kind of relied on were, uh, were expecting to be good and obviously running back like you said it was very very difficult but like Rodgers not himself Russell Wilson definitely not himself Tom Brady not himself good win last night though uh I mean Matthew, Matthew Stafford oh I was injured, so angry last night I was so angry last night I had the under game. on Tom Brady passing yards I had the under on one and a half passing touchdowns I had Saints plus three and a half fine I think everybody should have had that if they had looked at any of the underlying numbers but he literally ruined those bets yeah. in his life. I was so angry. I'm like, just, you don't have to throw it to Rashad White. Just hand it to Rashad White. Anything but this. Come on, Tom. So I don't know. And the Saints were so bad. They were so bad. It almost makes you wonder if they threw it on purpose. I mean, there was those, those decisions they were making made no sense. I, I have seen some people complain about that, that Mark Ingram run, the, what was it? Second and eight. Uh, you know, I don't want to dive Running into that, that, but it's a little dicey, uh, you know, it's strange. Not, I think you're onto something there. Fingers, but yeah, uh, I was frustrated with that, uh, because I was feeling really on target, but you know what? That's the other reason why I think I tend not to take unders, even though I think if you're a smart better, I think if you always bet the under, you're going to come out on top mm -hmm. because if a player gets injured, any of those things, it's always going to go in your favor, but it's no fun to sit there the entire game. And then in the last few seconds, it gets ruined. Whereas if you get an over and like somebody crushes it early, you're done. Mm -hmm. You're just enjoying the game the rest of the time. So, you know, it's kind of like, well, which one would you rather have? So I was basically having a great game until Tom Brady decided to, it is so funny. Cause he was like, so pumped up about this win. It was like he'd won the Super Bowl and it was cracking me up because I was like, dude, you barely scraped out of this and you're 500 now. That, it, that it, I mean, he lived in the life because people were like, wow, he really, he, you know, he beat father time the last few seasons. It was time for him to leave. And then he, you know, cause he's going to blow this game and then he comes back and wins and, you know, typical TB 12 fashion, but like he's just in the best possible division he could be. in. He, you have a team like the saints, something weird's going on with Jameis Winston. Cause why is he not playing the, the Falcons? They're in a buy. Uh, this upcoming week, maybe they make the switch. Desmond Ritter, we'll see. Um, you know, so and then obviously the Panthers. I mean, they've rotated through how many quarterbacks this year? I can't even count anymore. So it's one of those things where Tom Brady picked this division. Obviously, the Buccaneers when he came there, a really a really loaded team with some really good talent, a lot of good weapons. Um, but now he could just play, like you said, 500 football, play mediocre football, coast along the playoffs. And I'm not saying I'm going to take. Tom Brady in a playoff game. He's not playing his best football by, by a long shot, but I don't think teams are going to love the feeling of matching up versus Tom Brady in the playoffs where a guy, you know, if you're a, a new team, like a, like the Eagles or even like the Cowboys have had some bad luck recently. It's like just seeing Brady on, on the, 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 the roster sheet against your team. You're like, Oh man, does he have some magic left in the tank? But also, man, like uh, how unfair is it that because he's going to win his division, if he does win his division, he's going to have home field advantage versus these wild card teams that yeah. like like the Cowboys, like perhaps the Giants. I'm sorry, by the way, for that painful tie, because you guys oh. deserve to win that game. Um, by the way, I just want to point out for those of you who are searching for a um, 
super flex quarterback. Have you noticed that Tyler Heineke plays his best when his back is against the wall? So <laughs> I mean, a I strong mean, first end. He's been really usable in that super flex conversation. By the way, let's talk about who the top fantasy football on a per game basis quarterbacks have been. Let me just run down the top 12. Jalen Hurts, number one, Patrick Mahomes, number two, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Mike White on a per game basis. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's throw that out. Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Lamar, Tua, Gino, then Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence. So that's your top 12. I'm taking Mm -hmm. out um, Mike White. So that does not include Dak Prescott. Again, he hasn't had to do it all himself because he has that run game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that does not include Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy town. So it, it has been difficult to predict. And the order of these is crazy too. Did you expect Geno Smith to be there? Of course not. Nope. Nope. So uh, again, it's interesting. And there are so many injuries going into this week. I think the quarterback position is the one that we're just going to kick off uh, talking about uh, biggest news is Lamar Jackson unlikely to play this Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. Foot is broken. Uh, Tua is likely to play. Don't panic about Tua. We're good there. But this position is decimated. Mm-hmm. We talked last week about Deshaun Watson, and a lot of people have been holding him for a long time. He stunk. He was terrible. And Mm -hmm. this is why we said sit back and watch. I don't want to victory lap it, but the offense didn't score a single touchdown. It was all for their defense. By the way, congratulations to anyone who had the Cleveland Browns defense because they were probably a league winner for you and they were definitely winners for you in DFS. But even versus the Houston Texans, even in a revenge game narrative, if you haven't played football, For nearly two years, and you probably don't have any chemistry with your playmakers, and you looked crappy in preseason, that's probably how your debut is going to be. So for those of you who have been holding on to Deshaun Munson, I know you probably don't want to drop him. You've been holding him this long. There's only a few weeks left. So really think twice about starting him. And his matchup this week is not good versus uh, Cincinnati. They held Patrick Mahomes down. Yeah, I know people like to say the Browns play the Bengals pretty well. Uh, I don't really care about that. I don't care about historic stats. The, the the Bengals were a team that people kind of forgot about because obviously they reached Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow was injured early on. They kind of struggled, but they're a team that's really figuring out. Again, like this is what happens when you become a prisoner of the moment to NFL teams in September. It does not really matter because what matters is the football that's being played now. Um, we were both right. We'll give ourselves a pat in the back, although I don't even feel that great about it. I knew that he wasn't going to play well because it, it you, you just you're not adjusted to the game speed and say what you want about the Texans. You know, this kind of reminds me of when people always say like, um, you know, this past weekend in college football, like, oh, man, if Georgia, if Georgia played Houston, they would they would, you know, they put up a really good fight. No, they wouldn't like they wouldn't. They're, this is a college team versus a professional football team. This professional football team still has quality NFL players and just Sean Watson not playing for what the better part of two seasons. He's not going to come back and dominate and it does not get any easier versus the Bengals. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he has a game, uh, you know, upcoming where he looks sure. sort of close to what 
he was, but I, I think that this is really a season to get him acclimated to the Browns offense, to get him acclimated to the players, the game speed. And then I think if you want to bet on him to be back to closer to normal, I would say just wait until next season. Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise, what are you waiting and playing him in week 17? That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Donovan Peoples-Jones played more snaps than Amari Cooper in that game. Amari Cooper is still the, the better receiver and is likely to be the one Deshaun Watson connects with. But, you know, that was an interesting stat. David Njoku obviously did not play. We should have seen a lot more from Nick Chubb. It just looks to me like the organization doesn't want it and they don't really want it with Deshaun Watson there. I don't know. I can't read minds, but it wasn't good. Interestingly, we talked a lot last week about Mike White, and we even had the debate, would you have Mike White or Kenny Pickett rest of season? Mike White also looked terrible on Sunday. I hate to say it. You know, actually, we posted a breakout video that said, um, you know, that he had followed up his game with a stinker. And somebody, I'm just going to go off for a second. Somebody commented on it that I shouldn't say things that I don't have facts to back up. Friends, I have facts to back up. Everything I said about Mike White, Mike White threw six interceptions to four touchdowns last season in his four games played. Okay, yes, his other games were stinkers. That is a fact. He finished as the QB 21 and 26 in those other games that the the person posting was talking about. So, no, that's not usable. That's not even usable really in a super flex league. So yeah, he did follow it up with a stinker. And I'm sorry to tell you that he nearly stunk this one up too until at the last minute, he kind of pulled it out for your fantasy teams, right? He didn't throw for a touchdown, but he did rush one. And so thank goodness if you started him, he was fine for your fantasy team. But there is major concern about having him versus the Bills this week. I'm not saying you don't stash him because what we've learned is you got to have a handcuff for everybody right now, especially your quarterbacks. You cannot go into, you know, your playoffs without a backup plan. But, you know, again, caution is warranted. Yep, uh, Jen, we posted that video. It was on our you know, Twitter handles, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that jazz. And, you know, I said it. I said, look, last year, the only game he just wasn't throwing picks in was the game that he only threw 11 footballs. Like, he, he came right. in that game late versus the Colts and had 11 pass attempts. That was it. And I'm not saying this as – I'm not a Jet hater because I'm a Giants fan. I, I, I root for the Jets. Like, I have no problem with the Jets. They're not even the same division, same conference as the, as the Giants. Uh, I used to go to plenty of Jets games when I was a, a kid living back in New York. I, I'm, I'm sad for – the Jets that you go and take a guy like Zach Wilson second overall with a team with a lot of great talent. Garrett Wilson, obviously, probably at the forefront of most people's minds, maybe inching his way towards Offensive Rookie of the Year, if not for Chris Olave. Um, you know, I, we said last week, if you want to complain to me and say in football terms, like he almost won in the game. Sure. Like, yeah, he almost beat a good Vikings team. Obviously, Braxton Berrios dropped that but ball. But they're not the a zone. good team. Um, he sh- the fact that he threw for 369 yards, big deal. They've given up the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. Of course they did. And they've given up the most receiving yards to opposing running backs, too. It was a prime exactly. matchup. He should have been even better. Yes, exactly. And in terms of fantasy, like you just said, it, you know, it was not a great game by any stretch. And that was my whole point was don't be fooled as a Jets fan being like, well, Mike White's going to step in and fix everything. There's a reason why he was drafted when he was and is a backup. And that's the reason why he's not playing around the league. He's not a coveted guy because this is what he's going to do. Like, yes, the yards total was pretty high, um, but they were losing in the bulk of that game. And I, and I believe it was Ryan Clark on Twitter who said, like, I could definitely see Robert Sala after this game saying, like, Zach Wilson did what he had to do. He fixes mechanics. 
he will be our starting quarterback going forward. Obviously, I guess Mike White did enough to to uh, keep that game close, and they're going to stick with him. It looks like, well, but I just think in fantasy terms, like you got to expect he may have the high the high yards total, but you're going to expect a lot of interceptions, a lot of negatives exactly. on his stats, and that and that can count against you. And that yeah. was the same argument we have for Deshaun Watson too. Like he may end up having a big game, but remember he could also take a lot of sacks, throw some picks, just because he's not fresh. And I know the Houston seems like an easy matchup, but as it turns out, it wasn't that easy of a matchup at all. I also think it was kind of a douche move to wear Mike white shirts. Like I get it. I get that. You're like, you like him. Like he's your leader. And I like that for them. I'm excited for them for that reason. Um, I like that he's good in the locker room, but it feels like a jinx. It, it it also, I mean, you could definitely tell that it's the culture. I'm not sure if the culture switch is the right term, but there definitely is more of a spark or a fire with this Jets team right now with Mike White playing. But that's that's getting getting back to my point. Like, I just don't know what that really does for you because I don't think he's the future. When you have a team that has these pieces, especially when fully healthy, they obviously lost a ton of offensive linemen. They lost Brees Hall. Michael Carter's injured again too. They have the receivers though. When this team is right with the right quarterback in place they're going to be dangerous. And I just think like relying on Mike white, who's costing them with these interceptions. And like, again, like I feel bad for Braxton Burrios and, you know, getting blamed for this. It's not really his loss. They were lucky to be in it. That wasn't a great right. throw to begin with too. So right. I, I just don't see Mike white. He, if you need to start him for whatever reason, because as we mentioned, there's a ton of quarterback injuries and quarterback movement, even a late bye week. But I just, I would not feel great about Mike white being in my lineup. Matt Stafford is, um, also going to be done for the season. Yep. Like you're not using him again on your fantasy team. No freaking way. Um, did you realize the Rams are scoring the fourth fewest points per game this year? I mean, it's really sad. They are a shell of the team. They were. It's crazy. Now it, it, Baker Mayfield has been released by the Panthers. By the time we're done with this podcast, maybe he will have been picked up. Whoever picks him up, I think picks up 1.3 million of his salary. That's actually not so bad, especially when you're talking like, you know, when you're looking at these contracts that are getting thrown out for Aaron judge and Justin Verlander and <laughs> Jacob DeGrom. But anyway, that's another podcast. Um, Baker, do you have any interest in picking him up in case he goes somewhere where he's usable? I don't, I think Baker's career in the NFL as a guy who's either a starter or a fringe starter is pretty much done. I think this is his one, this is his one chance with the Panthers who are in a very strange kind of transitional year where they brought in a bunch of guys who I'm not going to say didn't have a fair shake, but just things didn't work out that well, but they may have a, a chance to succeed. And it just didn't have, obviously for Sam Darwin being the other guy didn't have it for him, or I don't think is going to have it for him and Baker. They're just getting waved. Um, I think that's a combination of, you know, him not being the most well-liked guy in the locker room because uh, why else would they wave him and not Darnold? And I just think that I don't know what happened with his ability. This guy went from leading the Browns to the playoffs. And I know I blamed most of last season on his the shoulder injury. I think he didn't really have a, a fair ending to his, his tenure in Cleveland, but it, it's just it's over for him. It, Baker is done. He was a, a first round pick. He's a bust. And I'm not going to you know, dance on his, his NFL grave, you know, his career, but he did say he specifically called out the giants and said that, why would they ever draft Daniel Jones and look who's still starting in a potential playoff spot and look who is now trying to find his third team uh, in a few seasons. So uh, Baker, that, I, I think it's all, all over for him. That was the moment when I really started to hate Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you know that I've like had a vendetta against Baker Mayfield. It's like, it's, I didn't know the origin story. Indescribable. It's kind of like how I used to hate Tom Brady. Now I don't hate him. Now I just kind of feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. But I've I've just always really disliked Baker Mayfield. Now I started to let it go. 
you know, as time went on, but, um, now, and now I think he's, you know, showing his, what he's really worth. But anyway, you know I don't what? think he's worth an ad either. If you're in a desperate no. spot, I don't think he's going to San Francisco. This Bernie ers just signed Josh Johnson to a mm-hmm. one-year contract. It looks like that's the way they're going. Um, Brock Purdy, uh, will be starting this week is the plan. I don't know how excited you're going to get about that, but he can probably provide you a safe, solid floor. We'll talk more about that later. I think we have a used uh, question from a listener on that one as well. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CAESARFULL, that's C-Z-R-F-U-L-L, and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the length the responsible gaming disclaimer 21 and older must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana maryland michigan nevada jersey new york pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming or washington dc sports betting is void in georgia hawaii ohio and utah and other states where prohibited know when to stop before you start Gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Boston. Your city and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. New York, call 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467 369. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So quarterbacks, let's just quickly go over some options. If you need one, Jared Goff is the first one to check for. He's available in 50% of leagues. So check. 
because he finishes the QB four last week versus the Jaguars. And now he gets that same Vikings team that just gave up 369 passing yards to Mike White and the Jets. So as we've hammered on, it's a very good matchup for opposing quarterbacks. If you can get Jared Goff and Interestingly, now he's got DJ Chark available, which is a main waiver wire target for me as well. DeAndre Swift looks like he's back to full speed, back fully acclimated into this offense. Amon or St. Brown is a, is a sun god. Uh, he's accurately named. And then uh, you still got Jamal Williams there. who's going to punch him in, still leads the league in rushing touchdowns. And Jamison Williams as a wild card. And don't forget Josh Reynolds, right? So this team is fine. The Minnesota defense is horrible, which is why I don't think they're going to go very far in the postseason. I think they're going to get a little bit exposed like they did versus the Cowboys, but that's a betting thing, not a fantasy thing for fantasy. All you need to know is the quarterback is facing Minnesota and they're a quarterback that has a good arm and good weapons. You fire them up. Goffsville in 50% of leagues. Uh, I'll add quickly to that. I think the Lions team that we see how they're playing now and how they kind of did in the beginning of the season in terms of fantasy, in terms of offensive production is probably closer to what they really are as a team. I think that weird funk in the middle is not really, um, they lost a lot of frustrating games. And I I just think that, you know, I'm not saying that Dan Campbell is the greatest gift to earth uh, in terms of coaching, but I think the, the, whatever they have going on offense right now, and Jared Goff is a guy that's playing with a chip on his shoulder, but they have the three, you know, the, they, you know, at least a two-headed monster, if not three, with with Jackson, and then having the amount of receivers and getting back Jamison Williams, their first-round pick, um, just a, a great move. And who would have thought, after you know trading away T.J. Hawkinson, that they were going to like tank? They're going to you know you know fold it up. That's it for this year. But no, I mean they're they're really producing a lot. And Jared Goff um, was a guy that everyone said that Sean McVay kind of telegraphed his passes, but he's looking like a legitimately you know upper echelon quarterback oh, right now. Sean so. McVay would would kill to have Jared Goff back uh, yeah. right now with the situation the Rams are in and the Detroit Lions have won four of the last five and the one that they lost was the nail biter on Thanksgiving day that they almost won and they ended up only losing it by three to the Buffalo Bills Mm -hmm. so no (laughs) no slouch right now so it's very interesting that being said that comes with the caveat that Detroit Lions also their defense stinks (laughs) and again this is a team to target when you're targeting opposing quarterbacks and that's why both Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff should be good for your fantasy teams this week, as well as all of their weapons around them. It is the highest game total of the week at Caesar Sportsbook as well. So you always want to check into that when you're looking to stream. Now, I know that Goff is only available in 50% of leagues, so let's get a little bit deeper. Uh, Obviously, Mike White is an option, and you may be there. It may be that that's the situation you have to go there. Tyler Huntley is a great option. He's almost certainly starting for Lamar Jackson this week. He has mobility. It's a good matchup passing wise versus Pittsburgh. You know, I don't know about the run game. They've been better versus that. The defense is tough. Um, But if you're in a bind, Tyler Huntley is someone you could go to there. And and should he continue to start? I think he's someone that you want to have in a team that's competing for postseason. Um, You know, Sam Darnold, you could take a shot at if you're desperate. Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke is someone that plays better when his back is against the wall. He's on by this week, but if you have the room and you want to pick him up for future games as a super flex or insurance option, he's another one as well. I'll, I'll add on that too. And this is something that I said to, to Sal on the D three and against all odds this week and, and, and quickly on extra points uh, earlier this week um, and, and minus three, the, the giant, the commanders are playing the giants after their buy at home. 
Uh, I said before this first game with the Giants to, to bet on the Giants would probably take the commanders at that game, especially if they get back Chase Young. But in terms of Taylor Heineke and fantasy, like you said, when his back is against the wall, he makes great plays. He looked like he looks like an above average start in the NFL. That mm-hmm. f- it was a fourth down and long. Uh, he rolls out to his left side, obviously a right-handed quarterback, makes a throw to Curtis Samuel to convert. Huge play by him. Like the guy makes plays when he has to. And as long as the Giants are missing Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson, their yeah. defensive backfield is full of absolute trash. And I understand they're, N- they're NFL players, way more athletic than I am. But I'm saying these guys are like practice squad level players. They are not good. And it's just like Julian Love running around there by himself out there. It is a really, really bad time. The Giants are just decimated with injuries in the defensive backfield. So load up on Heineke if you can get him. And obviously, I think it's going to be another really big game for those those commanders receivers. So uh, he'll, they'll be feasting. Can I ask you your early thoughts on Giants versus Eagles? Because I was breaking down the game earlier. Obviously, the Eagles are superior. They score way more points per game. They have a better defense in general. But the Giants are kind of sneaky and pesty pesky and i feel like they can there's a shot they can even maybe cover the spread i mean they're oh, three yeah. and oh as home underdogs mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're always Barkley game, yeah could have some success that you know the eagles have allowed like the ninth most rushing yards per game the last few games they've allowed a like an 85 percent catch rate to running backs like there's a there's a way um i'm not saying they have said it but the only other time the eagles lost was to a division rival and it was the commanders yeah, my my issue, kind of like what I just said, though, it, you know, with the the Giants' defensive backfield being so banged up, and we yeah, saw what is... Jalen Hurts did to with AJ Brown versus the Titans. I mean, it literally got their GM fired. Um, <laughs> well, we don't. I feel like there's something else going on. There, there. could be something else going on, but yeah. it's not a good but, look. Yeah, you, it's possible. You're... But hey, don't worry. We had AJ Brown, or I had AJ Brown in all my DFS. Uh, stacks and it was a beautiful thing definitely came out with a lot of extra cash this weekend. <laughs> yeah I mean he dominated them and between that and then obviously it's just really hard to game plan for a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts who's you know by all accounts from a quick look around like he's he's the number one uh, QB a lot of and a lot of rankings going into this week and I probably would agree with that uh, my thing is the Giants just defense isn't uh, athletic enough like they're very good up the middle like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams will stop you um, their edge rushes are getting a lot better i mean Kayvon thibodeau and Aziz ojalari playing really really well but besides that like their their linebacking crew their secondary is not good i just feel like there's gonna be a lot of open space hertz is gonna drop back take off and just pick up like 15 yards of pop and then the other problem is that if the giant the giant's offense is based around running the ball 30 plus times uh especially a heavy dose of saquon barkley if they're not able to do that because they're they're trailing um as good as daniel jones has been playing when you are throwing to guys like isaiah hodgins who are you know off practice squads and whoever else you know besides darius slayton really no-name guys in the nfl it's just hard to make up those deficits so i don't feel good about this game do i think they could probably sneak a backdoor cover sure um but if i wanted to be a betting man i would say the Eagles last game of the season is versus the Giants. And I think by then they'll have everything locked up in terms of the playoffs, first round by all that home field advantage. So I think they'll probably rest the starters then. So that's the game the Giants could win. This one I don't feel as good about. See, I feel you're the one to ask this question to you because you won the lone wolf this week, picking the Eagles to yes. cover versus the Titans. And the rest of us were all on the Titans. And I was definitely on the Titans. I broke down that game ahead of time. I was sure the Titans were going to do it. You were right on that. Goodbye, you. Congratulations. I it, oh, I still owe you ten dollars, I think. But can you yes. just add it to the what I'm gonna pay you at the end of the season after we win our big fantasy, you know, <laughs> postseason? 
But I yeah. have to send you like twenty five hundred dollars last year or something. Well, we, we, I mean. well, we when we put together <laughs> that 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 was the most incredible thing of like I can't believe we put the, this team together. We won, um, yeah. So hopefully it'll just keep uh, our, our our we'll keep increasing. But yeah, with that Eagles game, I just felt that uh, not not entirely a partial like revenge game for AJ Brown. But I a lot of people now are uh, they were getting high in the 49ers. Cowboys have a lot of really really um, good games, a lot of really good efforts, and people are like, okay, this team is clicking, but. Like we're kind of forgetting about the Eagles again too. And I was down on Jalen Hurts, but I think he has a real case to win MVP this year. And I I think they're just going to be an awesome team. Jalen Hurts, third most rushing yards among quarterbacks and the third best passer rating among quarterbacks. And he's the number one fantasy football quarterback. I mean, who is going to go number one overall at the quarterback position next year? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes? Is it going to be Justin Fields? Because he certainly has that possibility. Is it going to be Josh Allen? Yeah, look well, at, look at those four. I the thing I don't want to say anything about th- how we started the show and we said like you know this is supposed to be an easier year in fantasy figuring out quarterbacks and look what happened all the quarterbacks we thought were a shoe in to be great this year kind of the, so like right now I'm not knocking wood and I'll say yeah Jalen Hurts will be in the conversation but uh, as we saw with Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady Matt Stafford etc not a, not as it's not always a home run so we'll see maybe but, Denver yeah. should get Baker Mayfield. I, that would be the biggest disaster on the face of the earth. I mean, that losing a game ten nine to a bag of quarterback. And I know Holly plays well in spots, but ugh. I think we should get Denver's receivers to go to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, and then see how Aaron Rodgers looks because I think he would look okay in that situation. Uh, but anyway, I, I think it's. I don't think Rodgers will ever move on from Green Bay, and people have floated like him to the Jets or something nah. like that. But. When I look at that Jets team fully healthy on paper, I'm like, man, if Rodgers was there, that would be a pretty fun team to watch. It would be. I agree. Let's talk a little bit about running backs. It is so thin on the waiver wire, but a couple, you know, issues, as you mentioned, Michael Carter out with an ankle injury and Ken Walker Jr. also has a foot strain. Um, Whether he plays or not on Sunday is still unclear. You may need to pick someone up in his absence as far as who his handcuff is. It's unclear because DJ Dallas also left that game with an injury. And then when he came back, he did not play well and he played limited snaps. So DJ Dallas, not uh, the clear handcuff there. And Travis Homer didn't even play in that game because he was sidelined with an illness. However, here is an interesting stat. When Homer and Dallas have both played in games this year, Homer played 37 early down snaps compared to Dallas's 16. So Homer could be the guy or it could be DJ Dallas or it could be Tony Jones Jr. who didn't look good. I mean, I don't know, guys. Uh, I guess if I were going to bet on anybody, it would be Homer based on that stat. I, was, really, I, I hate when teams like already have you have three running backs and you want to add a, a fourth one from the practice squad like you signed you know Tony Jones and then plus like they also signed Wayne Gallman former giant to their practice squad as well so oh Wayne Gallman from where another, are they now files exactly and I I just feel like adding another running back like that so that's five in the conversation that probably means to me at least two are probably injured like or or probably yeah I mean I would just kind of avoid it if it's at all possible. Zonovan Knight, though, however, who was a big waiver claim we liked last week, looked great. Totally did right with by us. Finishes the RB10 for the week. 90 yards on the ground, five catches, another 28 yards. Again, we talked about Mike White. He's going to dink and dunk it around to move the ball. And that helps when you have a PPR league, uh, which favors running backs who catch and clearly Donovan Knight can, even though he isn't the passing down back, uh, he clearly can catch passes and enough to add up 
to fantasy goodness. And if he can get 90 yards on the ground, I think he's a spark. Then James Robinson was third on this depth chart. He's done. Unfortunately, sad to say it. He started so strong, but uh, Knight is still available in more than 50% of leagues. Yeah. And as many injuries as the jets offensive line had most notably with Elijah Vera Tucker and Mackay Becton, they still find a way to run block really well. So kudos to them. It doesn't matter who's in the backfield for them. It's going to, they're making it work. And that, that's like, regardless of quarterback play too, which is also very shocking to me. Uh, I think it does help that Mike white, I think defenses strangely enough are more afraid of Mike white currently than they were ever of Zach Wilson. Um, but yeah, Bam Knight, uh, Ty Johnson, I mean, they had a great game. And again, kudos to the Jets offensive line who's banged up and still finds a way to get it done. They have no matter who they plug and play there, they're always getting it done. So it's um, that's a good job by them. Now this week, the matchup is with the bills. That's not an ideal matchup for running back, obviously, but let's jump over to the other side of this and look at James cook. Who's available in 76% of leagues. Now cook actually had um, more rushing yards, more catches, more receiving yards than the starter who is Devin Singletary. And typically this is kind of the point in the season where if you have a rookie and he looks good, then you kind of let him go. You let him run with it. You see what you've got here. Yes. Naheem Hines is still being rotated in. Yeah. But if you're looking for someone like down the stretch that has potential upside, James Cook is a guy to add that's available. Again, not a great matchup versus the Jets, but he has Dalvin Cook's little brother. We know he's got the pedigree, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I like James Cook there. Cam Akers. Let's talk about Cam Akers. Okay. The kid is still averaging only 3.3 yards per carry on the season. He had 3.5 yards per carry on Sunday, but yes, he led the team in snaps. Um, Let me throw this wrinkle about the Rams. If mm-hmm. I tell you they just claim Baker Way- uh, Baker Mayfield, does this change anything with Cam Akers? I predicted this yesterday on our call at Sports Illustrated and everyone laughed at me. Just happened. Where, where are you? Bill Enright and, and Michael Fabiano and everybody else. I said it could be the Rams. They said, no, they're done. I said it could be. Okay. Point one for Jen. Um, yeah, that does interest me a little bit, I guess. I think that that Baker Mayfield, God, is he going to start on Thursday? I mean, Wolford. No way, right? Some, I just somehow, wrote up that game. Yeah, I'm like, somehow, so Wolford <laughs> has a neck injury. Obviously, we said Stafford out with a, a, a more serious neck injury. Um, I don't I don't know what they are going to do. I mean, they saw I, it's hard for me to believe with a short week that he's able to get claimed on a Tuesday and start on a Thursday. But does that mean we don't see him maybe in the second half of that game for a few snaps? It's possible. But um, it, it's also very strange now when all things have kind of, uh, as you to quote you they're you know, they're a shell of what they used to be. They decide, okay, now's the time that we're going to use Cam Akers uh, when we kind of avoided using him all season long and after we used him in the playoffs last year. Very, very strange backfield. I mean, nothing the Rams have done this year has made sense. Um, And now I understand why Sean McVay and Aaron Donald almost, you know, retired um, because it just it seems like they were all in on that last year's Super Bowl victory. And then now after this year going forward, I mean, also Stafford's like injury. Who knows if that's going to that to me sounds kind of serious. So I do issue. think this is the best spot for Baker. Um, not because he has all these weapons or whatever, but because Sean McVay is the kind of guy that like gets, can get behind Very you true. and cheerlead you. And he can be, you know how Mike McDaniels is to Tua. Mm-hmm. That feels like how Sean could be to Baker. Like he did it with Matt Stafford who had one great season, right? Oh yeah. I wonder I, I am. Okay. I have to think guys, we're going to have to, I don't know. I'm going to, okay. Mind blown. Okay. Back to, Back to running backs. Um, hmm, I have to think my rethink my bets and everything for Thursday too. Okay, 
Back to running backs, there's just not a lot there. Um, Jordan Mason, perhaps the next most interesting here. He is clearly the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey. He's not really usable because Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy, um, should be the guy. But if you want to have a handcuff because it's a fantasy football playoffs coming up and or you want to take your opponent's handcuff, the person who has Christian McCaffrey, don't let him get Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason is the guy to have. He actually has had five yards per carry in the three of the four games he's played this year. And he's available in 51, sorry, 85% of leagues. So he is worth it if you have the room. And of course, again, this is the time of year to start shoring up those handcuffs. And if you don't need a handcuff, stealing your opponent's handcuffs too. So they're in trouble and they don't have options when they get into the playoffs. It is going to be very interesting to say just quickly on the Niners, how they transition from, you know, losing two quarterbacks and then you bring in uh, a guy like they're, they're on this playoff push where people are like, yeah, they're going to reach Super Bowl. Jimmy G is going to do it again. They lose him. Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy at, at quarterback. Now you have this stable of uh, quality running backs uh, is, is like how our defense is going to react to the lack of maybe a passing through. Obviously they, they did win that game with the Dolphins. It could have flipped, you know, there was a couple mishaps in the Dolphins and obviously lost both their tackles. It could have flipped easily, but um I, you know, from a team that was people were starting to buy into. And now all of a sudden you have, you, you're, they're going to have to start relying on, on Christian McCaffrey to do everything because uh, we're, I, I I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Brock Purdy's going to be pretty limited. I think he'll play safe enough football. He won't make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as if you're starting him, which I know we got a question about, yes. if you just want a safe player, that's not going to ruin it for you, then Yeah but there's absolutely no ceiling there. None whatsoever. So if you think you have all the other playmakers there to run up your score. Yeah. But you just, there's just no ceiling whatsoever there. So I don't know. I think I'd probably rather have a Mike white in that situation. Wouldn't you? I think that's just because we've seen Mike white is comfortable enough to at least throw for a decent amount of yards. Right. Like we said before, at least put me keeps defense honest. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey playing like 82% of his snaps. Like that number is going to, I think going to even probably go up just because right. you have to have a playmaker on the field too. Hopefully he breaks one loose to score because that's going to be their offense. It's like, how can we get the ball in, you know, in range for, for CMC to put points up? Uh, because like, unless they're, they're going to be playing the field position game, a lot of those like dink and dunks with Brock Purdy. I just, you know, again, he was drafted last for a reason. And, uh, you know, he had a nice college career but um you know as much uh, malign as jimmy g has been and he shouldn't be starting anymore jimmy g's been there done that and he's a, a guy you can trust in and i, I it's, it's a big blow to that team there are six teams on by this week eddie six teams on by in the final week of the fantasy football regular season we had a listener write in with this great question and mm-hmm. ask who is our listener? This is such a great question. It was uh, from uh, Truck1223. You're reading our mind, Truck. Um, when is the NFL going to wake up and realize that it's poor planning to have six teams on by in the final week of the fantasy football regular season? Have they not figured out where their bread is buttered? They're in bed with DraftKings and yeah. all the different sports books, but they can't figure out that they need to you know, help out these fantasy football players because there's enough variance in fantasy football. There's enough luck involved because you only get, you know, 
17 weeks total of your season, unlike baseball, right? You get 162 games. Eventually everything's going to even out. It's a lot more mathematical. There is so much more luck involved and so many more injuries in fantasy football. So taking those six teams out in your final week is it's just kind of like cruel. Now you can play the other side of this and be like, oh, but if you're a really smart fantasy player, you've already planned for that and all of that. I'm sorry, no, because the waiver wire is really picked over. We're giving you great options today and I'm going to give you some more here shortly, but it's still kind of picked over at this point in the season and you have so many injuries and then you just don't have options available because they're not playing. Wake up NFL. We are your people. You just have to embrace us. You have to love us the way we love you and we can all be one happy family. Let me ask you from the player's angle, or if you were a player, would you want a bye week earlier in the season, midway or around this time? I mean, I have no idea because I'm not a football player and I don't know how it would affect me. Um, I would imagine I wouldn't want it really early. I would agree with that. I think but, the two options are probably midway or not even around now, but I would say like those week four buys to me are absurd. I feel like if I was a player, at least a midway point, I'm like, let's just get halfway done. And like, I know I'm 50% done. I, I I think the NFL, and I agree with you. I feel, I think the NFL should do a better job of spacing them out enough, but kind of jamming a lot of these bye weeks around the seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, maybe week 11, all there just to give everyone kind of on the same page. We had a full slate, slate of games like a week ago. Yeah. We didn't need that. Yeah. Right. I get it. Like maybe it's Thanksgiving. Like that's what they're thinking because they want three full games on Thanksgiving and then a full day, bunch of games on Sunday. I don't think we had to do that. There, there's a couple teams that could have rested that way. Be kind to them. Let them mm-hmm. have the holidays with their family. There's a couple right there. And then disperse the others. I mean, I don't know. I do think it's something worth considering. I mean, they went to all the trouble to add this extra game to make more money. Now, you know, you should also have more time to distribute this. It is pretty funny that it it was added purely just for revenue. And then yet a huge, you know, billion dollar revenue stream and fantasy uh, football is now being hindered because of these weird bye week things. Correct. And, you know, back to what I was saying, like, if you, I think if we polled these players, like, when would you want to buy? And if you're like, you can get, if you can get a week eight or nine by or a week 14 by, I, I feel like I, I, at least I spoke to enough players. They'd be like, give me the midway point, the eight, week eight, week nine. I just feel like going that long without a break is a long time. not only physically exhausting, but it's mentally exhausting. And I, that's why I think the NFL should do a better job of just kind of spacing them out, give everyone a buy in the middle of the season, like the week, having a bye week four, like what, like, what are you, like yeah, you're, you're playing for, uh, you're playing for three, four weeks and you're, you don't need a break. Then you just had the whole off season. Like, I, I think that this is, I think it's actually bad strange. for you to have a break that early too, because oh, absolutely. you need to be clicking and getting into rhythm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, I never played football. As, as people like to remind me, we, we, we that are females in the industry are constantly reminded that we've never played football and we can't possibly know. But fantasy but, football, friends, all, but I feel like a game on top of a game. I feel like players in the media, former players, they would agree with us like on this take. Yeah. I, yeah. I just feel like we're all kind of aligned thinking here. And it's, it's very odd the NFL chose to do this. It is very odd. Um, so thank you for that comment, Truck. Uh, we will do our best to campaign them. Maybe we can talk to... Um, some people, I don't know. Who can we talk to, Eddie? Do we have any clout? No. I think we do. I think we do could we? run up the chain to the Manning brothers. And they, I think they, we might be able to. Yeah, I think they'll... I wonder what Eli and Payne would think about this bye week. My, I feel like just, you know... It, 
I, I just still can't see any way they'd want anything but a mid a middle of the season buy. I think I think we that's a great point what you make too about like you know you want to be clicking and I think now this is when you see teams like you know we talk about the Bengals a little bit teams that are kind of firing at the Dallas Cowboys like why would you want to break this momentum now the the Commanders like you know I've been saying mm-hmm. this this bye week yeah. is a good thing I think uh, they're going to lead into you know but maybe this bye week like throws them off what they've been I doing. Think it might- so- I yeah. agree. I think that works in the Giants' favor, actually, that the Commanders have this bye week, hmm. uh, not the other way around. But anyway, that's just, who knows? It, it is what it is. Um, all right, back to waiver wire. Let's quickly run through some wide receivers. Michael Gallup, a two-touchdown game, obviously clearly moving up the depth chart, asking one uh, or causing one to question whether they need OBJ at all because with more and more information is coming out, the less and less likely it looks like he may even be able to play during the regular season. I mean, he's not working out for these teams, right? Um, long-term would be great to have OBJ. Obviously they gave up Amari Cooper and there it sucks to miss that, but we've seen Michael Gallup. We already have a wide receiver coming back from an ACL tear just now starting to click. Everything's working right now for the Cowboys. As far as your fantasy team, Michael Gallup is the guy to add, I think, not OBJ, because you just simply aren't going to get enough time with OBJ. Even if he signs this afternoon, like during this podcast, it's going to take him a while to learn the Cowboys playbook, to get fully integrated into that offense, and to even maybe just be healthy. We haven't actually seen him work out. We haven't seen him make cuts. I mean... Who knows? I'm not saying he's not the most talented guy out there. He has a lot of upside. If you want to put a bit on OBJ, I don't blame you, but you're talking about maybe just slotting him in in week 16 or 17 and crossing your fingers. Gallup is the guy for Dad. I'm totally with you. And I think that, um, you know, back to what we were just saying, the Cowboys are clicking. Um, Odell's last ACL rehab, I believe they said, took uh, a little bit over 11 months. And right now he's at like the 10 month uh, and change mark. So he's actually under his rehab time from the last one. And now I understand like he knows how to rehab. He's done it before. And obviously yeah. modern medicine's great. And Odell keeps himself in great shape by all accounts. And he's a guy that always is working hard um, and, and credit to him for that. But I just think, you know, if Jerry Jones says like, we don't need to add him to not really get much production this year. We'll just wait till he's fully healthy next season. I get that. Now that cost them a chance of losing him. Like you just said with Michael Gallup being good, it's like, it's okay. He can go somewhere else, but I, I mean, I just, Jerry Jones also just like does what he does. Like he remember when he said that Tony Pollard was their back and he didn't worry, yeah. care about Zeke. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Jerry Jones, is Jerry Jones, but there is some truth in it that we all have to wonder, like, why isn't he working out for teams? It, it does take time to come back from an ACL. There's nothing wrong with that. This is not a dig against Odell. This is just a fact about how teams should spend their money and more specifically about how your fantasy team should spend their fab budget. And it's unlikely that OBJ is going to be able to help you in your fantasy season. However, he is the most talented player widely available on the waiver wire, and he is the biggest lotto ticket you can pull. So bear that in mind. But my money would be on Michael Gallup helping you more for your fantasy playoffs. DJ Chark, another great ad. He was clearly a top receiver until week four when he went out with the injury. They started easing him back in in week 11. This week, he actually played only two fewer snaps than Amon Ra, but he ran two more routes, caught five passes for 98 yards, and also a very impressive revenge game versus the Jaguars. So he and A.J. Brown both delivered on the narratives for us. He's available in 85% of leagues. And again, it's that Vikings matchup, right? DJ Chark is the deep threat. We just saw them give up big games to Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis. So DJ Chark definitely with six teams on by. He's someone you want to look at adding. Matt Collins, again, didn't have a big game. 
but uh, he's the one that's on the field all the time. He played more snaps and ran the same amount of routes uh, as Devontae Adams on Sunday. Uh, and he had nine targets. So obviously he's not Devontae Adams, but someone else you can add Nico Collins, uh, Jameson Williams, Jahan Dotson, who is on by Trey Lundberg, who's probably playing with a concussion. Maybe Julio Jones. We're just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here now. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. To add some little breaking news as we're, uh, you know, we oh talked about the, the Baker, it's just more on Baker Mayfield and another quarterback. Baker Mayfield apparently does have a shot to play Thursday if you are interested in, if you pick him up <sighs> off the waiver wires and if you have other Rams players going. And then another interesting thing that we talked about just a little bit ago with uh, the 49ers, Jimmy G does not need surgery and his rehab could bring him back uh, for around the divisional round of the playoff time. So if Brock Purdy just gets this team into the playoffs, Jimmy okay. G may come back, and uh, who knows? So I, mean, I was wrong with saying this. The Super Bowl dreams are, are crushed because it that's seems like he's going to have to play. Great news for San Francisco. Huge news, and that's probably going to change the futures as well at Caesar Sportsbook. So definitely keep your eye on those because you might be able to grab some value. Grab it quick. Um, yeah, because if Brock Purdy can do his best Cooper Rush impression, then right. the 49ers are still definitely in this in the NFC. Uh, the Baker thing is annoying me though, because I just recorded all these videos and wrote all these articles this morning that I'm going to have to redo. Anyway. I just, I just still can't fathom a guy signing with the team on Tuesday, midday Pacific time, and then playing with them a Thursday, five 30 kickoff game. It's, it's wild to me, but if he does probably play a few snaps for them to try him out or something, but not start. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think he's going to start, but if he does play the better part of a quarter or a half, I mean, we crushed him in this pod, but you know, good job by you, Bake, if you find a way to get yourself in that game. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Greg Dulcich, probably the top waiver wire claim right now at tight end because he is the number one target for Denver and Cortland Sutton is now dealing with a hamstring injury. So it's getting thinner and thinner. That being said, it is the worst offense in the league. Uh, so, but he had six catches for 85 yards again, uh, had the most targets, ran the most routes of all Denver receivers. Evan Ingram still really involved in that Jacksonville offense. If you need a, a tight end, 
Hunter Henry, a really great ad for this week. And it's mostly because of the matchup. It's the Arizona Cardinals and they are just abysmal versus the tight end. So you can definitely gamble with Hunter Henry this week, who has seen 10 targets across the past two games. So his targets are ticking up. Daniel Bellinger, actually. We talked about how the Giants are down pass catchers. Daniel Bellinger first came back from an eye injury, played 64 snaps. He ran 33 routes. He saw five targets and caught all five of them, only 24 yards. But again, we're talking about the tight end position. If you can get seven and a half, eight points, you might actually be happy with that. So, you know, the, again, the matchup with Philadelphia isn't great. We're talking about desperation ads. Tyler Conklin could be out there. And then I'm not exactly sure how to appropriately pronounce this tight end's name for Tennessee, but Chigosium Okonkwo, also someone to keep your eye on in deeper leagues. Apparently, uh, you know, with Mike White, I mean, we crushed Mike White, but it seems like Tyler Conklin, uh, the Jets uh, tight end, also has a little bit of uh, buzz going around and just because the passing offense seems to be uh, alive and it was in the past week. So it's not a bad pickup either, but I'm actually sitting pretty with tight end. I have a lot of Dalton Schultz and a nice matchup versus Houston. So happy with uh, that. I'm happy for one Cowboy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Yeah. Adam Schefter tweeting Baker Mayfield has a shot to play on Thursday night and that Baker Mayfield will be studying the offense on his flight to Los Angeles. I sure hope that they have Wi-Fi uh, that is accurate because, you know, let's get Elon in there with some Starlink or something because he's going to need it. All right. Um, let's wrap up with some listener questions. I know we had a few. We'll go through them real quick. We appreciate it. You guys, when you send us questions, we want to help you. And we also want to hear every time that uh, you do awesome at your fantasy football matchups. And I, I love it when you guys tweet us and say, Hey, guess what? My record is 10 and three. I mean, we want to cheer with you and, and cheer for you. So always feel free to share those exciting things with us. And by the way, never, ever tweet us if we give you bad advice and you're angry, just, you know, don't tweet us. <laughs> uh, echo everything. Jen just said, we actually got a late question here. Okay. Uh, the newest one coming in from our pal, Ben Kelly. Uh, we <laughs> talked this a little bit before about the Seahawks, but is it worth adding Ken Walker's handcuff? Like we said, five running backs, apparently they're all coming up and uh, up with the Seahawks backfield. So it seems like a mess there. Problem is there really is no clear handcuff and you're going to read different waiver articles that tell you it's definitely DJ Dallas or it's definitely Travis Homer. I don't think it's clear at all. If there's any way to avoid it. I, I would. If you have a lot of room and you want to speculatively pick one up and watch what happens in case Walker's out for a while, fine. But as far as starting one this week, I'm not interested. Uh, we'll stick with running backs here. Uh, somebody wrote in Brent De La Paz. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. But he asked a question about stashing Jordan Mason. Um, the 49ers have been a hot topic. So, Jen, what do you think about that? It's a great question, Brent. I do think that if you have room, Jordan Mason is a really good stash because that he does seem to be the clear handcuff for Christian McCaffrey. Now, I don't know that he's necessarily startable, but you said stash, which is the word I like here. Uh, because should anything happen to McCaffrey, we know that he should be the guy. He's been very efficient. Three of four games he's played, he's averaged five yards per carry. He seems to be the next guy up. And if even if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, he's good to stash because someone that made it to the fantasy playoffs probably does have Christian McCaffrey and you don't want them to get Jordan. Let's stick with the 49ers. And Matt Deutsch is asking us a question. Can you start, uh, start Brock Purdy in a must-win game? What's up, Matt? Thank you for the question. Um, no, I don't think you can start him in a must win game. 
what you're going to get from him, 12 points. I don't know. Maybe he will do this. He, he did fine last week. You know, when you throw for 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns that worked out really well. Um, but as far as a must win game, I think all you're going to get, you'll, you'll probably get a decent floor. I don't think he's going to make a lot of mistakes because of that system. Uh, but I don't know that, that I would start him in what I would call a must win game. It's versus Tampa Bay, you know, I mean, usually quarterbacks don't light up the scoreboard versus Tampa Bay. I don't think we're going to suddenly see him passing for 302 touchdowns. No. So they'll win. I think the 49ers will win, but I don't think it'll be because of heroics from Brock Purdy. Yeah. And I, like I said before, I, I, it's a, that's a tough matchup, but you're basically hoping that you have like, you know, Ayuk or somebody or, or CMC just break tackles and take right. a, a dump off all the way to the house. Um, what's also funny about this Jimmy Gene is that like, you know, if you're, especially if you're doing the, the playoff leagues, like, you know, we have last year and stuff. And if you participate, having, getting him back all of a sudden elevates the 49ers players in the playoffs for those, those types of leagues. So this is uh it is pretty good news, especially if you're a 49ers fan too, obviously that's probably first and foremost um, moving on here. just brought up Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk or Gabe Davis and PPR. This question is coming in from Mike Ackman. It's a really tricky one because um uh, Davis has been so schizophrenic it's, and he's kind of been touched down or bust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this case, I'm actually leaning Ayuk. I think you'll get a more solid floor though. I don't think it'll be a, a, a big ceiling. So I guess it depends on if, if you can look at where you are on, after the Thursday night games, if you can look at how your opponents are play Gabe Davis, if you need a lot of points play Brandon Ayuk, if you want a solid floor, I think that's how I would play it. And to round out our questions from this week is coming from uh, at back row Texans. Do we trust DJ Moore this week? Yep, I do. Um, because um, DJ Moore is an elite wide receiver. And now that he has Sam Darnold, we know, we finally know, we finally know that he's someone's favorite target. We know that he's Sam Darnold's favorite target. And he was phenomenal with Sam Darnold just two weeks ago. So I don't know how you're not trusting DJ Moore in a week where there are so many players on by now, maybe you have a stacked up receiver that you can make another decision. It's not a great matchup versus Seattle, but that being said, DJ Moore is elite and we know that he should be the clear number one. Now that's the one great thing about Sam Donald starting is we know that DJ Moore is his guy. So yeah, I'm going to play him. I'm playing him in my leagues where I have him this week. If you need any other indictments on Baker Mayfield, new Rams quarterback Baker Mayfield, I mean, at least at the very least, Sam Darnold knew DJ Moore was a high end receiver and just finds a way to get the ball to him. And Baker Mayfield could not even do that. Right. I remember OBJ and Baker Mayfield. I mean, we we can't even Mm -hmm. we're not even going to discuss it. Um, We're moving on. Um, There was another amazing episode with you, Eddie. Thank you so much. Uh, I always start these episodes before, before we start recording where I was like, Oh, this will probably just be a short one. There's not that much to talk about. And then by the time this is over, I'm like, Oh no, we have 74 more things to talk about. So if you guys have any more questions or things to talk with us about, please tweet us at that Eddie Murphy at Jen Piacenti. It's J E N P I A C E N T I. I realized when, when I was recently on Sirius XM, that if I started spelling out my name, suddenly I got a whole lot of questions uh, on Twitter and Instagram because people just don't know how to spell Jen Piacenti. Um, so J-E-N-P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. If you need any help, uh, you can also tweet at Extra Points Pod on Twitter. Most importantly, don't forget to play in our Extra Points Pod arcade. Yes. We have, we have uh, December prop culture as well as the typical NFL pick and the NFL prop culture. 
perfect. You know, you can win money, you can win golden hats, you compete with us. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there could be trash talking, there could be victory lapping, all of those things will be involved. There could be a cap of consequences, not for you, but for us, all of those things. I went, I went seven and seven this week, Eddie went six and eight, but he did win the lone wolf. So we're hanging in there and we are picking up steam as the season goes along. Um, Eddie, it has been awesome as always. Any final thoughts before we go into this final <laughs> regular season week? I, I cannot believe we made it this far already there. Um, like you said, Jen, a pleasure. Another great episode. Uh, always fun too. And some, you know, minor breaking news happens and we could react to that, but Wow. Um, week 14 already fantasy regular season coming to an end. And like we said before, playoff is when we shine. Uh, I cannot believe that it is uh, come and gone this quickly. It's it's flown and it's been a lot of fun, uh, but we're still here because next week we're going to amp it up again because next week we're going to be fighting for our playoff lives. Mm-hmm fighting to win those championships and we're here to cheer with you when you guys do uh be sure to tune in next week you've been listening to waiver wired on the extra points podcast network